This is Burgos Ed, the podcast that answers all your questions you never dare to ask about banking. And I'm your host, Aurelia Rauch. Hey there. So a little while ago, we took a closer look at equity and tried to explain and understand um, what equities are and how they work. And a very important part of that that we're going to take a closer look at today is the question of valuations of companies. How does that work? How do we know what a company is worth? How do we estimate if we should invest, if we shouldn't invest? And to discuss this, um, I have invited Maximilian Mann and Dennis Koenig to share their insights about valuation of companies. Hi, guys. Hello. Well, Dennis, dive right in. Give me an example. <laughs> Yeah, probably indeed it's easiest if we uh, kick off with an example. So I'm here with Max today and let's just assume Max doesn't like his job anymore and Max would like to found his own company and let's say he becomes a consultant. And so he founds uh, Maximilian Mann Consulting Limited and uh, yeah, starts today. And what does he need? He needs a desk, he needs a computer and probably he rents an office somewhere. And let's say his total cost for that is 1000 francs. And then I come around and say, hmm, I see some potential there. I would like to be a shareholder as well. And I make Max an offer to buy some shares of his company. Mm -hmm. And now the question is, what am I offering and what is he willing to accept? And I think it's easiest if Max and I negotiate about the price. So I would kick off with offering for his entire company 1,000 francs because that's what his computer and his desk are worth. Max, are you satisfied with my offer? <laughs> no, I'm definitely not satisfied with your offer because I already have some very interesting clients and I believe that I can somehow grow my revenue in the next 10 years uh, in a double-digit uh, percentage. So overall, I would say, yeah, we should discount this future cash flow with um, some somehow an interest and then look what this is worth. So this should be definitely more than this 1,000 francs. Hmm. Dennis. Rebuttal. <laughs> I actually think Max has a point here. So um, basically um, what we need to do now is uh, to agree on an estimation of his future profits or you could also call it his future cash flows. And that is something we have to discuss first. And once we arrived at that, um, we know, let's say, um, his, his estimated profits for the next five years. And then we make an estimation of um, the, the percentage rate of growth um, in the future beyond these five years. Um, that's what we call the terminal growth rate. And then also since uh, profits in the... Um, in the far future, let's say in 20 years, are of course worth less than profits today, um, we also need to work with some kind of a discounting rate. So these are the three things we have to agree upon, which is not that easy as it sounds. Um, but that is basically um, a useful valuation approach if you um, do a fundamental analysis and if you really just look at the company itself you're interested in. Mm -hmm. And um, since you derive a value of the company, an absolute value, it's called uh, absolute valuation approach. But um, there's more to that. Um, absolute valuation approach is just one way to do it. Um, there's also the relative valuation approach. And um, I think... That is something uh, we should also look into. And uh, Max, maybe you want to pitch your company under a relative valuation approach. Can I interrupt and ask one thing before you do so, Max? Um, the, the question of the absolute value obviously is based on also 
um, jobs you will have, money that will come in, cash flow. If it's a relatively new company and you just don't have a lot of data points, a lot of experience, a lot of history simply with the company. So you can't really say, oh, well, you know, usually, I don't know, I, I pick up more jobs in August and September is a great month. And um, I actually, you know, ca can look back at my history and say, there's even more cash flow coming in or uh, to be expected. If there's very little of that because the company is young, I'm thinking of startups here, obviously. How do you deal with that? Yeah, for sure, this is somehow challenging because usually startups or new found companies have a um, small revenue or smaller revenue than well-situated companies, but their revenue growth and also their profit growth is somehow increasing in the mm. next years. But for sure, there's a lot of uncertainty around this future earnings, around this future revenue growth. And therefore, it's somewhat challenging to predict this these earnings, especially when we really talk about young companies or young startups, because we don't have a, um, a good basis for 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 that, as you, as you mentioned already. So somehow there's really the challenge to to predict somehow the earnings for the next five or ten years, and yeah, for sure the 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 let's say the share price of those companies um, will be very well influenced by this expected future growth rates, mm -hmm. not really by the um, invent inventory they have or something like that or the, the earnings of this year or last year. It will be really the um, the earnings, the, the growth expectation for this kind of companies. But another approach you can use or what Dennis already mentioned was the relative valuation. So um, when it comes to relative valuation, you look at the peer group. So you have a look on, on companies that maybe are um, in the same uh, in the same business on the same segment mm -hmm. and a trade on a stock exchange, and then you have a look uh, what is for example their price earnings ratio. So what is their price compared to their earnings per share? Yeah, and then you can somehow use this multiple of this price per earnings and uh, multiply multiplied with your expected earnings for your own company, and then how somehow you derive at a at a at a target price and. Also here, for sure, there's no right or wrong and there's still some uncertainties because not everything, every company is the same, even though it's maybe in the same segment. Mm -hmm. So some have more leverage, some has less leverage, some have gover governance problems, some have not. So somehow you can adjust this multiple upwards or downwards. Upwards if you, for example, the business model is somehow more safe or has the company itself has less leverage or downwards if it's a bit more risky. And... There's also an approach you can use. It's somehow a bit more simple than uh, trying to predict the earnings for the next five or ten years because there are a lot of uncertainties around this, the input factors that you use there. Mm -hmm. And still you have to somehow um, guess the, the earnings per share for the next year. Um, but And you have to rely that the peer group is somehow also valued in a, in a fair way. But still it's a bit, um, bit easier to do that. Yeah, But... I think it really comes down um, to it doesn't matter which valuation approach you use that you have a good understanding of the risks of your company, of the growth prospects of your company and therefore um, derive the right um, earnings per share um, or the right cash flows for the future. Mm -hmm. I think it comes down to that if you're right with that. Um, it doesn't really matter which model you're using. Um, you're most likely going to be right if you um, estimate the profits for the next year is entirely wrong. You can have the best model uh, you will be wrong and uh, i think it comes down to that and that's a real challenge challenge in uh, valuation okay cool thank you guys everything clear i think 
Thank you very much for today.